kingdom greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Trust that you're prospering and that you're doing well in every area of your lives. Today's service or sermon is basically critical in that it ushers us into the deeper realms and dimensions of prayer, the practical aspect of prayer. I just want to quickly summarize um, the key points we've heard before in the previous sessions so that we can be able this week to be ushered into the realm of prayer practically. Um, it's good to have the word being taught, but we need to be practical with the aspect, with the aspect of the word. We need to take God at his word. We need to trust God and be the doers of the word. If there's one weapon that we as believers carry on a daily basis, is the weapon of prayer. The Bible calls it the weapon of our warfare. It says it is not carnal, but it is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought to the obedience of Jesus. So remember, we never fight flesh and blood. But the Bible says we fight principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's where our warfare is. It is in the spirit realm, not on the natural realm. You are not fighting the person. You are fighting the spirit possessing the person. Amen. So now... Um, the key points to highlight with regards to, to prayer because some people can say I don't know what to say when I pray right um, it is very easy uh, you need to have something like a prayer journal where when the Lord drops a thought or an idea you write it down so that during your hour of prayer or during your time of prayer you can go through those items and pray upon those items and see what God will do for you all right um, the key point to pray for there's a prayer of Jabez if you read first Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10 from verse 10 that is the prayer where you're basically saying to the Lord I pray that you may increase my territory and so forth right and then um, there's all-night prayers it's the prayer that is influenced by the Spirit of God whereby you taking the whole night to pray because you are led and energized by the Spirit of God Another point to look at is the prayer of agreement. A prayer of agreement is when you've been praying for something over and over, but you're not getting the breakthrough in that, all right? And then you get someone who will become a prayer partner who will stand in agreement with you as you are believing God for something. So, for example, you are praying for a job and then you're not getting that job. So you need a prayer partner who will assist you and say, I stand in agreement that I'm going to pray with you and I agree that God is going to bless you. That is the prayer of agreement. The Bible says uh, two people cannot walk together unless they agree. And the Bible also says where two people shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So God is waiting for us to get prayer partners in areas of our weakness right so it's important because sometimes you find that you are weak in a particular area and the other person is stronger and then they will draw you into that level so you need a prayer buddy or a prayer partner who will stand in agreement and help you when you are weak and then we have another prayer called intercession 
Intercession means you are standing in the gap for someone else. In intercession, you are not praying for yourself. You are praying for other people. You are praying for someone else other than yourself, not you. There's no I, me, and myself in intercession. Intercession, you are carrying someone's burden. You are helping someone to, to break through into other realms through prayer. So that is intercession, right? And then uh, supplications. A prayer of supplication is when you are asking the Lord to do something for you. You are supplicating. You are making your requests known unto the Lord. The Bible says, make your request known unto the Lord, and then he will then answer you, right? And it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, it shall be done. And then uh, another prayer is called the prayer of faith. That is where the, faith, the prayer is based on the word. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Okay, before we go to the beginning and the word, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? What is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report. And then it says, we understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And the same word of God brings faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the whole planet is framed and held together by the spoken word of God. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and all things were created by the word and nothing that was made was made without the word so all things were made by the word in the beginning so when you make the prayer of faith you begin by using the word so in the beginning was the word the earth was created by the word of God God spoke the word he said let there be and God saw what he said Right? So now, by faith, when you pray the prayer of faith, you are praying in regards or with regards to the word. You are praying within the boundary of the word. You are saying, Baba Lako, God, this is what you have said, and I believe it. I declare it, I decree it, I confess it, and, and I know it's going to come to pass. The Bible says, this word of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night so that you make your way prosperous and successful. You will prosper in every area of your lives if you meditate on the word of God and pray a prayer of faith based on the word of God because the word of God will never return void. It will accomplish every purpose to which it was sent. The word is powerful. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. Jesus is the word. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And the word of God is powerful, right? So we need to have the word in season and out of season. Right. So the next aspect of prayer is called a ceaseless prayer. It's a consistent prayer, a persistent prayer, a prayer that we do without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing, which means you need to press on, you need to persevere. That which you are praying for and is not happening, the devil is a liar. When you start praying consistently on the same topic, on the same matter, something is moving. Remember, slow progress is also progress. So some of the demons, as you are praying, they are moving out of your way 
one by one and very slowly but guess what they are moving slow progress is progress so you need a persistent prayer a consistent prayer a prayer that you do without ceasing and then another aspect of prayer is called the lord's prayer right the lord's prayer that is in matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 when you pray our father who art in heaven when you do not even know what to pray for read that portion and pray there our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right you pray that prayer and and do it consistently remember you are training your prayer muscle in jesus name amen and then another aspect of prayer is called, uh, it's, it's in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And you need to pray that prayer as well. So you can't be saying, I'm a child of God and I'm struggling with prayers after I've given you these prayer points, right? Another one is a benediction. If you read Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 onwards, this is the benediction that is done by priests when he's blessing the people of God that may the face of the Lord shine upon you, may the peace of God be with you, you know, may you experience all the goodness and all that. So make sure you meditate on these and you exercise your prayer muscle. Another aspect is called declarations. When you declare, when you decree, the Bible says, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. To declare a thing is to take the word of God and put it in your mouth and confess it and speak it and speak it into existence as you believe by faith what God has said, right? So you are making a declaration. The Bible says, uh, God says rather, uh, set watchmen, let them declare what they see. In other words, sometimes God will give you a dream. And as a watchman, as you have seen the dream or the vision, you must declare that which you have seen. Amen. You need to declare that which you have seen. Declare what you have seen. And by declaring, you are announcing to the atmosphere that this is coming. Get ready. Because the whole creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God not only to manifest but also to change things to change atmosphere to change spheres by speaking the word of god and when we speak the word of god we are creating things into existence we speak those things that are not as though they are and they become they line up because who are we we are the children of god created in the image of god the same likeness of god that in the beginning when god created things by speaking he then said let us create men in our own image so that likewise they can create by speaking as we did as gods right so the power of life and death is in your tongue so you have the weapon is called prayer prayer is the atmosphere we create prayer is a medium we, we use to communicate with god prayer is also a medium we use to declare against the enemy the devil himself um yeah another aspect is tongues right 
tongues are very critical to every believer. It's important that you speak in tongues. Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. So that was not a statement of arrogance. It was a statement of intense to say, for you to experience the results I'm experiencing, you must speak in tongues more than anyone else. So make sure you speak in tongues, right? So there are different kinds of tongues. The first aspect of tongues is called other tongues. So when you speak other tongues, it is in Acts chapter 2, right? On the day of Pentecost, they were speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The key word, the Spirit gave them utterance. So the tongues spoken there were ordinary languages, but foreign to the speaker and familiar to the hearer. In other words, it's a language that you never learned but other people know it, but as you are speaking under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you find yourself speaking a foreign language to you, but someone else who's familiar with that language is understanding you, speaking the mysteries of God and telling them what God is saying without you even understanding what you are saying. So that is an aspect of tongues. It's called other tongues, right? And then other the, the other aspect of tongues called groanings. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. It says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It is groanings which cannot be uttered. So there's a great contrast there. The first aspect of tongues, other tongues, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it could be uttered. But this one, groanings, it is groanings which cannot be uttered. So there's no utterance. So to groan is to make a sound in response to pain. But that pain, it's a pain with an expectation to receive something. The good example of that would be when a woman is in the labor ward and during labor she will be making sounds, sounds in response to pain, pain because I'm expecting to give birth. So there's an expectation when you groan. A good example would be uh, the woman by the name Hannah. Hannah was praying. The priest thought she was drunk in the morning. And then uh, she said, no, I am not drunk as you think, because I am praying and you are not hearing any utterance. I am just groaning because the groaning has no utterance. It is a sound of pain, but with an expectation. So she was believing God for a baby, but she was barren, could not give birth. And God heard her and God answered. So it is a prayer motivated and energized by the spirit where you are groaning. You are praying, but there are no words. It's only sounds coming out of you as the Spirit leads you. Another aspect of tongues is called unknown tongues. Those are the tongues that people are ordinarily praying at church. When you hear people speaking in tongues, these are the tongues referred to. It's called unknown tongues. The Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. How be it in the Spirit he speaks mysteries, for no man understands him. So these are the tongues we normally pray in church, right? And then uh, the other aspect of tongues is called uh, tongues of angels. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1, it says, Though I speak in tongues of men or in tongues of angels, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. So there are tongues of angels. How do we know that? Abraham would have angels visiting him. What language was spoken? It was the tongues of angels. 
um, Daniel had an angel visiting him. What language was spoken there? It was tongues of angels. So those are the aspects of prayer, saints. And the more you carry on in prayer is the more you will expose yourself to the divine attributes of God. And what are those attributes? We call them the divine appointment. A divine appointment is a kairos moment orchestrated by God where you meet someone uh, divinely so. You meet a person and as you meet something divine happened. It's like heaven has orchestrated that meeting but none of you have planned it. We call that divine appointment, right? And then there's a divine intervention. With the divine intervention, that is when the Lord in, uh, that is when the Lord intervenes and disrupts the plans of the enemy against you. It's a divine intervention, right? And then we have divine enablements. Those are the divine powers given by God. It's called the anointing. He gives you the ability to get the job done. And then we have the divine strategies. Divine strategies, that's when God tells you how to do something. Remember when the Lord told Moses how to part the sea? That was a divine strategy. He could not have done it without that strategy from above. Then we have the divine manifestation. A divine manifestation, it is when um, there's angelic visitation coming to visit you and give instructions or fight on your behalf, right? And then we have the divine weapon. A divine weapon is our weapon, which is called prayer, the weapon of our warfare, which is not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. And the more you fellowship with God in prayer, you'll begin to see the characteristics of God and God is appearing as being omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. So there's no place where God can never be, right? And then he becomes omnipotent, which means he has all the power on earth and no one can compete with God in that realm. And then God becomes omniscient, which means he knows all things, right? And then God becomes omnicompetent, which means he can compete with anyone and everyone, but no one can compete with him and win, right? And then uh, as we approach the altar of prayer, what do we do? first thing, the key important thing is that we need to repent. We need to forgive people their sins because we say when we pray, forgive us our trespasses even as we forgive them their trespasses. Right? So the measuring, uh, the measuring stick rather of God's forgiveness is on us. The more we forgive is the more he forgives us. So we begin with the word in prayer. We begin with the word when we approach the altar of prayer. Remember, an altar is the thing that declares that God is God in this territory. So that's why we call it the altar of prayer. Without the altar, when the altar is put in a territory, it means that territory belongs to God. It's a declaration in the spirit realm. So the benefits of prayer. Prayer makes you avoid temptations. If we read Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 it says watch and pray that you enter not into temptations the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak so we need to pray to avoid temptations so that we enter not into temptation and then it keeps you busy prayer keeps you busy with the things of the Lord first Samuel chapter 12 verse 23 I'll paraphrase it says something like I will not sin to God by refusing or by not praying for you right so it keeps you busy with the things of the Lord 
and then um, another thing it then gives you boldness the more you pray is the bolder you become Acts chapter 4 verse 31 after they prayed they were, they were they, there was earthquake the place was quaking and they were filled with boldness and then it brings deliverance we quote Philippians chapter 1 verse 19 so as a believer it is important and it, it is of paramount importance for you to walk in prayer and live a sin in a sinless perfection it is possible because you are the child of a king praise the lord so it's very key it's very important so saints as of today i need each and every one of you to approach god in prayer and have your own hour of prayer and dedicate time to god in prayer even if you don't pray for the whole hour but dedicate an hour where you will study the word and then you will declare the word and then you will meditate on the word and communicate with god so that the aroma of prayer the smell and the scent of prayer can be in you wherever you go you can be the walking presence of god you can be the walking tabernacle of God and the walking temple and dwelling place of the Lord wherever you go demons will disappear because greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the world you carry a precious thing a precious weapon called prayer don't take it for granted utilize prayer and pray without ceasing something is about to happen something is moving in the spirit realm but it needs you to incubate it in the natural realm through prayer without prayer things will not happen we need you god needs you as an intercessor stand in the gap if you don't even know what to pray for one of the things you can pray for is pray for the government pray for our politicians you see they are making wrong decisions and things are going wrong that's a prayer item pray for our education system pray for our business sectors pray for religion pray for families pray for those children who are parentless and homeless pray 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 prayer is the weapon that god has given you as a gift you can use it to be to 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 defend yourself you can use it to offend the enemy being the devil in jesus mighty name but make sure that you live a prayerful life and pray effectively and pray without ceasing in the name of jesus jesus said ask anything in my name and the father will do it for you you have not because you ask not and others they have not because even if they ask they ask amiss you are not praying in, in according to the word of god you are not praying in line with the word of god you are not praying in proportion to the word of god because you pray and you don't repent before you pray you pray and then you don't forgive people before you pray but you need to to cleanse yourself before you start praying before you start engaging god in prayer before you approach the throne of grace with boldness you need to repent for god is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we truly confess them that's another aspect of prayer prayer of confession when you confess your sins father i'm wrong father i've done this and this and that and i was wrong i admit it i acknowledge it i own it up forgive me wash me with the powerful blood of jesus and the lord will remove that iniquity he will remove that sin it will be as though it was never done remember when we approach god and we have repented he is seated on the mercy seat and then he will show us mercy 
But if we approach God and we have never repented, he sits on the judgment seat and then he will show us the judgment. There's a difference between the mercy and the grace, right? The grace gives us things that we don't deserve. God gives us things we don't deserve because of grace. But mercy, mercy removes the penalty that we deserved because we're doing wrong. It removes the penalty we deserve. And then God says, I'm wiping away the penalty because I have mercy on you. And then grace will say, I will give you the things you did not deserve. The good you did not deserve, you'll get them by grace. The bad that you deserved, God will avoid them using his mercy. So that is the difference. That's why at one instance, he's seated on the mercy seat. On another instance, he's seated on the throne of grace. Both are the same place. It depends for at that time, what do you need? Do you need the grace of God or the mercy of God? If he did not repent, he then removes the throne of grace. He removes the mercy seat and then he sits on the judgment seat and then he judges you. So to avoid the judgment of the Father, repent. To avoid the judgment of the Father, confess your sins. Let him wash them away. For we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. And the same blood of the Lamb is able to remove iniquities, sins, transgressions, trespasses, missing the mark. He's able to wash us with the powerful blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus never clots. It is flowing to the highest mountain. It reaches the lowest valley. Even today, it is still flowing. It can reach you wherever you are. And remember, when God forgives, He also heals. Remember, He said, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I, God, will hear from heaven. I will answer them and heal. What did they do? They repented. And God says, I will hear them and I will heal them. So when God forgives, he also heals. He said, I send my word to heal the diseases. He's the Lord who heals. Some of us are sick because we have not repented. It is not because of other things. It is because we have not repented. Repent and see the Lord healing you in the name of Jesus. As a prayer person, take up the burden of prayer and move on and fight the good fight of faith. You're going for an interview, declare it before you go that that job is mine. I decree it. I declare it. I believe it. It is mine in the name of Jesus. And it shall be yours. Remember, our prayers are not falling down to the ground. Never. The Bible says there's an angel by the altar of prayer which will then take your prayers and then present them before God, before the throne of grace. In other words, your prayers God is saying, be assured, I'm going to answer them. That's why I've assigned an angel by your altar of prayer. The minute you pray, he takes those prayers, he gives them to me as God, and then I will answer when the timing is right. So God is in control, and God will answer. There was a bowl in heaven. It was full of the prayers of the saints, and God is about to open that bowl and listen to those prayers and answer them because he said if you call upon me i will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things which you do not know so the lord wants you to pray if you have time to pray god has time 
to listen. God has time to listen. God has time to listen. And guess what? When he listens, he wants to do that which you prayed. He wants to practicalize it. He wants to answer. Your prayer is like a question. And God is like the person who wants to answer the question. So God has the answer for each and every one of your prayers. Pray without ceasing in the name of Jesus. May the Lord richly bless you as you approach your altar of prayer on a daily basis. As you dedicate your time to pray on a daily basis. Remember the job you are working. It is not by might, not by power, but by the spirit. He says, I gave you power to obtain wealth. What does he mean? Simple terms. I gave you power to wake up every day and be productive at work and get that salary. I will even give you power to take that salary and make investments and have multiple streams of incomes. That is the God we serve. If you are faithful over little, he will make you faithful over much. That job you are working is nothing but a taste of what God wants to give you. The salary you are getting is just a taste. So don't be content over the taste. Seek God for more. There's more from where the taste comes from. He will take you from one level of glory to another, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from power to power. That is the God I serve. There's consistency. It never ceases. Ung tata la ang begela, ang susela ang begeli. From one level to the other, from one testimony to another. And here's the thing: the more you testify about the goodness of the Lord, you are making that blessing to become permanent. And the more you testify, is the more the Lord will bring more blessings so that you can testify more and the more you testify more things are coming so don't keep quiet don't be mouth cuffed by the enemy the bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony your testimony also is a weapon that defeats the devil i was sick and i'm healed that's a testimony and it defeats the devil i was unemployed i'm now working it's a testimony tell the world let them know that god did it by so doing you are defeating the enemy because you are stirring someone's faith to believe that if god did it for you surely he will do it for me too so that person maybe was in doubt that person was now hating god but because you have testified That person now has faith that if God did it for you, then God is alive. He will do it for me. I'm next in line. What did you do? You have won a soul which was on the way to hell. And now that soul is making a U-turn because you testified. I was sick in my deathbed. I was told I'm going to die. But God intervened. And here I am. I'm healthy. I'm walking. I'm the living testimony. What do you think is going to happen? People's faith are going to be motivated. They're going to want the God that you serve. So you are winning people with testimonies, not even with a sermon. Testimony. Tell the world what the Lord has done. You get a promotion, tell them it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. If he did it for me, he will do it for you. You get whatever that happens, whatever miracle, whatever, you pass with distinctions. They, they like, ah, you pass because you studied. Yeah, I did study. But me passing, it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. 
Oh, you bought a car. You are working a wonderful job. Yeah, I'm working a wonderful job. That wonderful job, it is the Lord's doing. This car that you see, it is the Lord's doing. Oh, you have beautiful children. It is the Lord's doing. Oh, a beautiful family. It is the Lord's doing. Your house is so beautiful. It is the Lord's doing. The more you do that, heaven rejoices over you and it will bring more blessing upon you because you are declaring God in everything you do. So, as the children of God, the tagline today that I need you to learn is to say, when they praise you about your accomplishment, don't take the glory. Take the glory to God. Tell them it is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. God bless you in Jesus' name till we meet again. Go in peace and not in pieces. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Remember and make this confession on a daily basis. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. And Abraham's blessings are mine. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, saints.